This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gelsman gets there. Another good kick from him and here's Harden now. Harden going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Now then, guys, um, welcome back to the Hull and Back podcast. Um, I'm back on the hosting reins. Uh, Will's had his little, his little foray <laughs> uh, while I was doing daddy duties. Um, the season's back. Um, we've just had our first league game of the season against Preston. Um, obviously, before we start this episode, though, we'll obviously shout out to all our sponsors slash partners that we've got. We've got quite a few. So, obviously, we've got the FIFA Factory that have been our first and everlasting ones. Um Got merch and everything now. Um, still ongoing, still going strong, getting bigger every day. Uh, and the co- and the founder of uh, FIFA Factory is actually part of the podcast crew now. So um, he'll be joining us later on in the video. Um, we've got obviously the whole badge men. Um, big tradition. Always seen them outside the stadiums. Um, they managed to get saved, but they still need support. Still need, you know, to, to obviously get back out in the stadiums. We need to be donating, buying badges whenever we can. Uh, an exciting new one with Hull City Retro. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows Full City Retro sell some really, really good um, traditional old shirts from the 90s from the 80s. Um, we've got, we've all got shirts from them. We've seen them before. So keep your eyes out for some um, good giveaways. Uh, um, then we'll actually be contributing to some of the video content we'll be doing. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, so before we start, then uh, we'll, we might as well welcome everybody in because we're we're on video content. Yeah. So I know obviously Will and um Nathaniel have done this already. Um they were the only ones available and they've they've cracked on. So Will understands it now. Um, which is good because I don't understand the slightest thing about editing or understand anything. <laughs> you what, Will, you crashed. Understands a strong word. <laughs> Tolerates, gets on with it. Um so we'll do it in serving order then. So the first one. Welcome back to the podcast, Joel, who is um, a rare occurrence on the podcast at the moment. How are you doing, Joel? I'm good, are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, my voice has finally recovered from, from Saturday. Um, we we plan yeah, to have a big night out. We, we, we plan to come back and have a few beers after the game, but it genuinely hurt to speak and to swallow beer 
my throat was that sore and we just ended up playing FIFA in which um, Joel got a bit of a lesson. Um, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, we got Joel back on to talk. Um, new panel member who's been great since joining. We've got Nathaniel. So, Good evening. Nathaniel, how are you? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. How are all of you guys? Yeah, all right. Yeah, and then our newest member, founder of the FIFA Factory, and I'm really, really excited to bring him back on. We've got Matt Phillip. How are you doing, Matt? You all right? All right, guys. Doing well. You? Yeah, Matt. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, rookie. That's that. Rookie. Um, that's what you get for streaming on your phone. Um, yeah. So, guess where do we start? So, I think, um, obviously, did we all watch the Preston game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen we all to watched it. it, yeah. yeah. So obviously, like, we've got quite a bit to cover. <laughs> we've got quite a bit to cover in it. We've got many, many good performances. Very few negatives. Um, I think what we'll probably, I'll probably go to you first. Will, what was, um, what was your thoughts on the game? Uh, pretty fucking great. Um, it was nice to be back, obviously, in the championship. And I thought, well, me and the Vandal said the other day. Thought it might be a tough. We thought it might be a tough game, a close game. I think we both went for a draw, and after eight minutes, I was a bit worried because <laughs> sloppy defending. If there was a negative, you could say the first goal was very, very poor defending. Really, Emmanuel should have done a lot better. Or me, our position. Um, but from that point on, Preston didn't really bother us that much. I think there was one point right at the end, start of the second half, where he had a looping shot that was a good save from Ingram. But apart from that. City just were in the ascendancy and it was just fantastic return. Yeah. I mean you were there, you were there with me, Joel. So um we we experienced the atmosphere when we was there. Um did you think it was different, uh, the atmosphere? Because me personally, I felt it was a lot more positive than it's been in any passed away game. Like if you think if we'd have gone one nil down um the last time we were in the championship, it was a lot different this time, wasn't it? Yeah, we seem to just Get behind the boys from uh, from minute one, even when we were one nil behind. Um, not a single alarm out chant, not nothing negative. Everything was positive from the fans, just encouraging the team. Even when we were losing the ball, we we're just trying to pick them back up and helping them push up the pitch themselves by um, just singing loud. Yeah, we did. We did back them. To be fair, I mean, we we were pretty pretty poor <laughs> for the first ten minutes of the game. Uh, we looked. Um, we, we were mentioning what we they were, they were stretching us. They were quite wide. The first goal was just a case of the the, 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 the defense switched off. They played mm. a quick free kick. Yeah. They spread us out wide, and obviously Emmanuel looked like the most. I think someone stood next to us said he was the most obvious right back and left back ever. Um, what did you what, what did you think to Emmanuel's performance, Nathaniel? Uh, well, only conceded one goal, which is good. Um, I mean, the last game we had with uh, fans, we lost 5-1 at Stoke. So this was a completely different feeling after the game. I mean, I'd say he didn't really do that badly for the goal. Uh, I think perhaps it was Wilkes or Lewis Potter who didn't track back, which is why we conceded there, because he went to where the ball is. So I don't think he can uh, criticise him too much for that. But um, watching him last season, it's a shame that, he didn't get to play the full year because he was great the first half. And uh, I don't know whether he created lots of chances yesterday, but um, it's always nice to see him and uh, get a glimpse at his skill going forward as well after um, the last 
last half of the season where it was uh, Kyle in his position instead. Yeah, I mean, I think we we were ha- we were trying not to criticise Emmanuel um, as much as we could because I know that if I was asked to play our position, it'd be especially as a right footer out on the left. It's so tough. Um, I he was looked, surprised he did look- that Fleming didn't play. Um, well, McCann said in an interview, didn't he, afterwards that Fleming had had quite a rough time with COVID yeah. and he was nowhere near fully match fit and he didn't he didn't want to take a gamble in the first game of the season. So And obviously Elder uh, wasn't fit anywhere. Yeah. So Nelda, it was Nelda always Nelda a bit was, of an awkward one. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Emmanuel's a good player and it was a it was an okay choice. I mean, like like we said, it was obvious that he was out of position. Um, but he still did his best. I mean, it was the Preston players knew he was always going to cut in on his right foot was the problem. So when we were trying to play out from the back, uh, they were sort of strangleholding us when we got out to that hand side. But we switched it, I think, in, later towards in the first half anyway, towards Coyle's side. Because, I mean, to be fair, Louis Coyle was probably a contender for man of the match. What did you think, Matt? Yeah, to be fair, watching the game, I've heard a lot about just because we conceded in the first 10 minutes that we played boring it, but I didn't think we played that boring in the first 10 minutes anyway. We just got caught on a, a quick quick getaway, but you could see from the first minute we were trying to play the same way we did throughout the game. Oh, yeah. We were trying to do it, but just wasn't successful in doing so. I wouldn't say we was, we was poor, like some of the, like a lot of the pundits have said or whatever, but the first 10 minutes, I didn't think we were just made out. We just happened to concede. Yeah, That's a lot good. of people suddenly when we go behind sort of get the knives out and are getting ready to so oh, back to the championship, back to losing. I mean, my best I mean, one was... Sorry, my best it one was. it was, from the quick free kick, Malik Wilkes didn't follow his, um, his full-back. So he got caught, got, caught, got caught to 1-1, quick switch, and obviously um, Emmanuel, playing left-back as a right-back, he's naturally going to be inside more. So he got mm-hmm. caught out of position and, you know, credit to the goal, it was a brilliant ball in and... Yeah. I mean, I said, I said to Joel at the game that the problem was at the moment is we looked like we were giving Lewis Potter and Wilkes too much freedom to stay up front and we can't do that in this league. Like, we need them to track back and yeah. contribute to the defence because we're, we're going to be under the cost a lot more this season, obviously. And yeah, the first goal, because Wilkes didn't come back, it meant that Coyle had to push, which then stretched the defence because Jones moved out wide, then Greaves has to cover that hole and then Emmanuel moves in as well and it just gave... Um, back, who was in so much space out on that exactly. right hand side, and then he just it's a simple ball to five person tapping. But I think we responded well. Um, obviously, going one nil down uh, in the championship would, used to be a bad thing for us, um, especially very early. That was just game over straight away, and we'd gone and lose quite um, poorly. But obviously, this time, I mean, I'll probably try and single out Richie Smallwood. I know, um, obviously. I mean, myself as well, in, in the pre-season games, probably didn't think he looked um, up to scratch at the moment, which is probably a bit harsh with it being pre-season. Um, what did you think to Smallwood then, Will? For me, he was the best. Mm, he was he was maybe the best, but he was definitely in the top three players on the pitch. Um, I do think I don't think he had a great pre-season, like a lot of people said, but I think the way people were acting towards him was well over... Barge, there were people were acting as if he'd freaking shat on the tee. Um, but I thought he had a fantastic game and he controlled the midfield well. His, his goal was a, a bit lucky, but he deserved it for the way he was playing. He had great assist for uh, KLP for the first as well. And all in all, it was a very, it was a captain's performance, simply put. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, um, 
I think one of the criticisms of Smallwood this season was people didn't think... I don't know why pace is a thing when you're a defensive midfielder. But people are saying he's a bit too slow. Yeah. I mean, people if you're taking him... For, people are clamouring for Huddleston. But then they're yeah. complaining that Smallwood's too slow. Yeah, I mean, the only the only thing that Huddleston has on Smallwood is his range of passing and his, his, probably his ball control is a lot higher. Uh, but Smallwood's going to do more of a defensive work. That pass he made was a very Huddleston pass. It was KLP. a very good pass. We, we 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 were we were surprised, weren't we, Joel? I mean, uh, when he played that pass through, I think because I thought it was Moncair, but then I noticed it was yeah, Smallwood. Yeah. They were wearing similar boots. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. Moncair who played yeah. through, and I noticed it was Smallwood. And after after we stopped celebrating, I turned to Joel and said, "What a fucking pass, Smallwood!" But yeah, no, he, he surprised me with how well he played. To be fair, Smallwood. Um, I think obviously, what what debutants then, Joel? What did you what did you think to Moncair? I think he uh, he had an okay game. He didn't stand out. He was just he was solid. So we, he was creating a few chances. Set pieces was fairly poor on the most part. But um, but overall, in the gen- in the general play, I think he just did what he didn't needed to do for the team. Um, it what didn't let us down, but he wasn't exactly the level of Smallwood or Coyle or KLP that game. Yeah, I think I, I think what I like about Moncair is that, like I said to Joel at the game, I've, I've not really seen him play in any of the friendlies. I didn't really watch any of them um, all the way through. So I didn't see him be like you told me, didn't you? You said that he likes to get on the ball and he'll just run. Yeah. He's super direct. And I think his, his ability to retain possession of the ball as a midfielder will probably be quite important to us coming, you know, because tactically you can. If you know you're going to have more of the ball in the opposition, you can play him over somebody else like Smallwood, for example. You know, if you're at home against a team you expect to beat, you can probably afford to play Moncare above Smallwood, for example. Where, whereas away, you'd want more, you know, solidity. So we, we've got we've got a good um, variation in the middle because I thought we'd miss Honeyman, but we scored four goals. Um, yeah, I actually completely forgot Honeyman wasn't playing. Yeah, an elder. And Wilkes obviously wasn't fully fit. And it was the way that we disposed of Preston so easily in the end. I mean, barring the first 15 minutes, we were in full control. Um, I mean, you got to look at the likes of um, Louis Coyle, um, who was brilliant. you got got um, Jones and Greaves, who were solid as centre-back pairing. Um, if there was any unsung hero, then the fan, who, who do you think deserves some praise that's probably not going to get any? Uh, I think Ingram, actually, because... I mean, he was another one like Smallwood. That I mean, after a title-winning season, it's difficult to find players that you're not really convinced by. But um, with how much Baxter's impressed in the friendlies, I think there was a bit of discussion as to whether he was going to start or not. But uh, that kind of 10-minute period at the start of the second half, he made two really great saves uh, from, I think, well, one error from Greaves, which I wasn't... I think maybe he was the most dodgy player on the pitch, but he didn't do that much wrong. But um, it was a mistake by him and then two great saves from Ingram. And uh, although it wasn't a clean sheet, uh, I mean, if we'd gone 2-1 down in the start of the second half, we wouldn't have won in uh, such a convincing fashion. Yeah, I think I said at 1-1, I said, I think the next goal wins this. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, it's weird saying that when you look at how much we control the game in the end. Um, but at the time, at 1-1 at half-time, I thought if we conceded another, it would just take the wind out of us. Um, but yeah, Ingram did make them them two quick saves 
against Barkers, like the one that Will mentioned earlier, that Carla that he did, saved it. And then a couple of minutes later, that uh, mistake from Greaves, and he keeps it at 1-1, it keeps us in the game. And obviously we go to one up with Small, we're going to win it. Um, I mean, anything so, really, he, got, he got to, isn't he? But the only one he didn't get to was the one that he didn't stand a chance with. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one that, you know, went to the far post and it's beyond him. There's, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Ingram got, I think, unfairly, um, not, well, not criticised, but a few City fans have reservations about yeah. him and I can't quite understand why because I can't really remember any mistakes. I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. one. A lot of the I people, think... a lot of fans were sort of like, we've got Baxter, he will be starting, we want him yeah. to start. As if why? Ingram hadn't had a good season last season. A great season. I mean, like, exactly. we, we, we had some of the most clean, what did he have, 18 clean sheets? It was up there. Like that. It was like the third most, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he deserves his start and I think by that performance, when he didn't really have that much to do and he, he did what he was expected to do and more in that game. You know, he's, he's, he's laid down a marker, hasn't he, for Baxter to try and compete. Um, I'd imagine Baxter will start against Wigan tomorrow. So that's his chance to impress, I'd suppose. Mm. Um, I think when you appreciate the bigger, the bigger picture, he's probably had one of the best games for all City. Not him personally, but when you look at what's going on, the brought in a keeper who's probably equally as good as him on paper. Uh, this was his opportunity to play and say, I want the shirt. And he did exactly that. Mm. So when you look at what's on the stake for him, he's, he's had a really good game. To say the yeah, yeah. Probably on is it. very important. Yeah. Yeah, a very good game. Um, so I'm trying to think. So McGinnis then um was probably a bit of a um he was starved of a bit of um supply, I think, in the first half. He didn't really look as dangerous, but he caused a lot of problems in the second half. Um what do you think McGinnis's goal return is gonna be this season, Matt? Do you think he's gonna do as good or Trust has come to me with McGinnis. Um, <laughs> McGinnis in the championship first time round. I think I'm not alone when everybody said they looked to him for this guy in the championship striker. You know, that first, that was definitely my opinion. And you see him in the, in the in League One, you know, we play different. We managed to be um, successful in the way we wanted to play in terms of getting involved in the box. And that's the sort of thing that he thrives off. He's, he's strong, he likes to put a challenge in and he'll put his head or his foot in the way of anything to try and score a goal. And we saw that a lot last season. Then, as we saw on Saturday, was we were trying to put the balls in, and it's as if you could tell that we've had a pre-season. We haven't played for like a good month or so, whatever it is, and the balls were coming in, but the ta- the, the timing of the runs were a little bit off, or the, the balls were falling mm-hmm. short. And I think as time goes on, that's only going to benefit him. And I, I think I remember sending a tweet out with Dan as soon as he saw, and I thought, this guy's not good enough for the championship. I'm eating my words because. Yeah. It, it, there was three in the back one. I'm sure they had three centre backs, didn't they? And it didn't Preston. look like he lost many. Scored, yeah. It didn't look like he lost many aerial challenges or he muscled off the ball that much. You know, it was in the right place at the right time. You know, sometimes the ball just went right for him, but the time the ball was right, he scored. And if he continues doing that, there's no reason why he can't go on and get another 10, 15, like he did last season. Was it, was yeah. it 18? He, he got 18. He got 18. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason yeah, I mean, can't do that again if it continues with the same supply. I think in the championship the first time round, McCann seemed to prefer Reeves, didn't he? And I think for a while I thought he was mm. probably the better player. I mean, to me, from a um, from a fan's perspective, Eves tended to put himself out a bit more. Um, he ran about more. He seemed to offer himself more as an option, whereas McGuinness was more static. Um, 
McGinnis always seemed to be the better finisher. He tended to score his chances if he got them. Um, but I think last season just sort of cemented how important McGinnis is to the system and what he offers. Mm-hmm. And I think me and Joel were talking about in the car on the way to the game, like his his mentor role that he has with Wilkes and Lewis Potter. Yeah. Um, like obviously with them being so young and still got so much in the game to learn. Um, last season with no fans, if you were watching an iFollow, you could always hear McGinnis shouting and swearing at them two because he's keeping them in line. And I think that's such an uh, undervalued um, trait that he's got, that he's constantly keeping them focused, telling them if they're doing something wrong, you know, like get your head up, look for the pass, stop running into dead ends and corners and losing the ball when you could have given it to me kind of thing. And the fact that he's got 18 goals as well. We can joke about like team chemistry being, you know, something you only see on FIFA, but it's a real thing. You know, he knows when Lewis Potter gets a ball on the left hand side, one or two things gonna happen. He's gonna take the man on and look for a drag back, or he's gonna put a ball in and he knows where he needs to be. Just do that day in, day out in training. Same with Wilkes. I mean, he's probably not as likely to get a pass off Wilkes, but you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. So, I mean McGinnis' goal against Yeah, McGinnis's goal against Preston was I mean, Lewis Potter straight away. As soon as he received that ball, takes a touch in on back on himself to whip it into that near post. McGinnis knew straight away what was happening. He moved before any of them Preston players even knew what had happened. He was already in the back of the net and celebrating. And I think that shows what you were explaining there. He's just on the same wavelength as them, isn't he? Um, Debutants then. So who did we have come on? So we had... Obviously, Monkestan. Matt Smith came on. I thought he looked very tidy. Andy Cannon... Andy Cannon scored um, with a, with a sublime assist from Tom Eves. Um, do what, what what do we think then in terms of like, what is our strongest midfield three then? Uh, I'll come to you first, Will. As it stands, it's the one that played. <laughs> Just because no it's honeyman. the first game. No honeyman. We, we gonna, you can't rely on Honeyman at the moment because we haven't got him for a few weeks. No, but take injuries out of it. So, say you've got a fully fit squad to choose from. McCann's choosing a midfield three. What's he choosing? As he stands, Doherty, Smallwood, uh, Honeyman. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Based, on, you. What, yeah? based on how Smallwood played. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know really what... I'm not going to pretend I know much about McCann or Smith. Um, I know that Smith's very highly rated by Man City fans and the Doncaster fans liked him last season. Um, Cannon is described by Portsmouth fans. I mean, this could be just... He's you know, very well liked by Portsmouth. They said that he ran about a lot, but his end product was crap. But I mean, we've like seen... Like Honeyman already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a similar thing, yeah, that what Sunderland fans have said again, uh, about Honeyman and what we said about him in the Championship. So, yeah, but I've... Yeah, but from what I've seen of the little time that they've played, they, they do look more than capable of stepping up. And I think in terms of squad depth in the Championship, we need to be able to have um, backup options that are as strong as the first team because obviously injuries, we don't yeah. want to be crippled. I mean, you think last season, if, if Honeyman didn't play, we were buggered. We, we just couldn't create chances. Um, so having players that we can depend upon, uh, even in the wide positions, I mean, we've not really seen Williams play, but he, he looked okay when he played. Uh, you've got Longman, who looks very exciting, who unfortunately missed that game. And I do think would have started because I don't think. Yeah, Wilkes I think was he was going to play. Gonna play. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, 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 and Wilkes took a knock and and went off as well. So hopefully he's not. He don't play tomorrow, so that we can rest him. But I think in terms of squad depth, we're looking okay. 
I think the question what I'll ask you, Joel, is the rumour at the moment is obviously Thomas Meyer is trying to leave and we're going to try and fill his squad place with Huddleston. Now, I love Huddleston and what he's done for City, but do we need him? I've been, I've been saying since we've been linked with him not to sign him. And then it slowly, as I watched him um, play these couple of games and see a couple of highlights, it does seem like he'd be an OK player to have in the squad. Not to start, but as a little mentor, really, towards our younger players. Um, and to be able to step, step in if um, Smallwood drops in form or if even if we just needed to play some slow football where we just need to get the ball over the top to um, Lewis Potter or Wilkes to run to. So I think Huddleston would be a decent signing, but as long as the wages are right, as long as the contract's right for us, not for him, but for us. Yeah, I think I can get behind that. I mean, the thing is, is Huddleston offers something completely different, I think, to any of our other midfielders in the fact that his his range of passing is just absurd. Um, you think of it, like you said, the runs behind that Wilkes and Lewis Potter makes, if, if Huddleston sees one of them and pings one in behind for him, like, they're going to be a real problem for a lot of defences. And um, Lewis Potter, especially against Preston, which is none. They, I mean, they made, they purposely made a change at half-time. They brought on that set van der Berg to try and stop KLP. And then he rinsed him as well. I think the, the Preston manager would have just been like, oh, I, I, I don't know what to do. Because KLP just ran circles around their defence. He was amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I know... He took an unorthodox approach to it as well, didn't he? Yeah. I mm. mean... He kind of did. Kneecap. <laughs> I can't remember. Wil- Wilkes looked... Um, Wilkes looked semi, like, 50%. There was there was there was, no, there was there was there was there was there was parts of the game where he got the ball like in the box, for example, and he just took too long to. You could tell he just wasn't match sharp, um, which I guess when he hasn't had a preseason is understandable, and hopefully his his injury isn't serious. I mean, has anybody seen anything about his injury? They said if, not so far. No, no I, don't, I I I assume he just took a knock and that was for the game, and he's all right, but. Um, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't like to see him play tomorrow. I think we need him for the league. I mean, yeah, then I again, who, who do we play in his position though? Because is, is are Williams and Longman back? They're all out with Smith. COVID, don't they? Smith, maybe play Maya. Maybe in the shot window. Mm, yeah, but they won't want to risk injuring him, will they? Just release mm. him then. <laughs> yeah, but that costs us money. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so. I'll come to you, Nathaniel, for what I think will be maybe the hardest question. Who, who, who do you think was man of the match? <laughs> oh, man of the match. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, Smallwood played really well, goal and assist. Uh, but I think King Lewis Potter probably just edges in because, I mean, it was a better goal than Smallwood's because it wasn't a huge deflection. And um, he caused a lot of problems Um and I mean, we won four one, and we created you know decent chances. And Wilkes wasn't really doing it, but it was all down to to Lewis Potter. And that's the exciting thing that we've got these two really great wingers. And even if one of them isn't having an amazing game, then maybe the other one will and, and will score. And hopefully, they just one of them scores one week, and the other one scores the next one, and we just you know succeed like that. So I'll go Lewis Potter, and it was a, a fantastic. Uh, Assist for McGuinness as well. Put put it on a plate for him. Yeah, I can. I mean, to be fair, you could probably say any of the three. I think 
would you would you say Coyle might be um, obviously because he didn't score or assist, Matt? Do you think Coyle could have been a contender for man of the match? Do you think he he should have been mentioned in the same? I mean, anything that bracket. happened that where where there was something happening, whether it was going forward or going backwards, it had something to do with Coyle. So when you look at the highlight reel, it's all to Coyle. Same with um, Lewis Paul. Whenever he's going forward, it's always Lewis Paul. But that always seems to get a bit more of a mention because he's scoring goals and that's what fans want to see. He's got big score. Yeah. But as as for Coyle, you know, I come from where I, I didn't know much about him. I kind of thought it was just a, a whole lad who went to Leeds, had a little go at Fleetwood. I didn't know much about him. And again, like with it being locked down last season, you didn't really get to see much of it. So unless you was I follow up, I was playing football last season, so I didn't get much chance to watch much of the football. So Coyle's new to me this season. And it, that's a fresh depression for me. And if he carries on like that, that's, I'm happy. More than happy. Because I did that's see him annually at the beginning of last, last season. season's Coyle, that. Mm. Oh, Beth, exactly. And so I saw Manuel at the beginning of the season. Someone mentioned it earlier. In the first half of the season, it was brilliant. And then I'm going, why is this Coyle playing? Because Emmanuel is class. So obviously, common sense prevails. And Grant McCann knows a lot more about football than I do. If he's playing with Coyle over, um, over Emmanuel, there's got to be something towards it. And I saw exactly that on Saturday. Yeah. I think what Coyle has that Emmanuel doesn't is he's got this, like, I want to say like Ashby style determination. Um, like when the oppositions have got the ball, he, he was, there was one point where he, because obviously he's our right back. There was at one yeah. point where he was chasing down their goalkeeper when he had the ball. And then he went yeah. back and he showed no signs of fatigue whatsoever. And his, his determination and his enthusiasm, I think, like, especially in that pressing, I think that was the best game I'd seen him have. And last I mean, season was class. Let's not take away so the as well. The, the, the finesse in terms of the quality of the ball he's trying to put in all the time. Like mm. You can see what he's trying to do every time. And you know, it, it might not have been as good this weekend, but I can guarantee the weekends to come, it's only going to get better. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, someone... You... Um, sorry, um, I'm just butting there, but I think I saw something on Twitter about um, someone from BBC Radio Lancashire said that Louis Coyle's performance was the best he'd ever seen from a championship right back, like ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a bit um, much, maybe. And that was his first game, pundit. I mean, <laughs> I mean if, if he's watching Preston all the time, that might be correct. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Not got much to watch, have they, um, at right back? I don't even know who played at right back for him. Uh, By the way, we, it was we... uh, KLP had him on toast. Yeah, he Beck, had both of them on toast. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the the I think they had Cunningham and right back first half, didn't they? I think so. And then he ended up getting booked, and then they they, they made a couple of changes at halftime, put Van der Berg out there, and then hoping he'd deal with KLP. No, no, he was no bear. Uh, but obviously, he didn't want to risk Cunningham you know, getting a red up. One name not mentioned yet, and someone who I'm, I'm assuming this is what happens a lot is Greg Dockey. Now, oh yes, he's just everywhere. Yeah. Literally, oh, he, yes. played, he was playing in camp, but he was doing the defensive midfield role. He was in there pressing people out the back. And then he was up there again, creating gaps in the front or creating runs or picking out passes. And it, it was, he was great to watch. And little things like that, you know, they they go unseen by the naked eye I'm going to go for. Like some people don't just don't see that because he didn't get an assist or he didn't score a goal or he didn't have three shots on target or anything like that. So, But it, the stuff he did off the ball and on the ball, the little bits were brilliant. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like Dockett, he suffers. Yeah, he su- he suffers from the fact that he's so consistent that we come to expect it from him every game <laughs> that he doesn't he, get he praised seemed... for it because that's just what he's normal. That is just what he does. And he did seem he... to sort of step up a bit with Honeyman not there. It's like I'm going to go even further. 
Yeah, but I mean, I think he'll have been he'll have been told to do that, will he? Because yeah, we, we need... he was essentially playing the honeymoon role in this game. Yeah. I mean, in the second half, that's... he saw he got dropped. He, he dropped back into his um, CDM. I think Munkair went up towards the end. Yeah, they did, they, did, they, did, they did try a little um, rotation in the middle. I think I think what he was trying to do, I think, was try and find out them three. Because when you look at it, like Smallwood, Munkair and Doherty, Smallwood's naturally going to be the more defensive of the three. So he was probably experimenting with Doherty and Moncare, trying to figure out who would be the more likely contender to be the Honeyman replacement if we needed B kind of thing. And I think he gave them licence to just switch it up at times and because they both offer something different. With Greg Doherty, he's got abundance of energy. It's it's apparent that he's got, he can get everywhere. So I think we saw it was 2-1 for a long time. It was 2-1 for what felt like a long time anyway because Preston were trying to get back into the game. And that third goal really did settle the nerves. But in that 2-1 period, you saw Greg Dockett was doing a lot more defensive than what he was doing going forward, just to mm-hmm. tighten things up at the back and make sure that we concede that goal. And it's players like that and that sort of mentality that really rallies on the rest. Remember, like, your Ashby's and stuff like that, people that do that week in, week out, and make sure that if we concede a goal, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Mm. Last season, it, it was a case of you get to the 90th minute and Doherty would still be going full pelt. As if he'd yeah. only just started playing, and it was like, how is he doing this? Yeah, he does have an abundance of energy. So, do we think then that I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask you, Will? Do, do we think we were that good, or were Preston just really bad? Both. Both. I think it's a bit of both. I think we essentially were still carrying the form that won us the title, um, and I think. The team knew they were going. They were playing a. T- they were playing a side who were going to be mid-table. They were there for the taking. Essentially, they were. It wasn't like they were playing Fulham or Sheffield United or one of the bigger teams. They were playing a team who was mid-table normally, and thought, "Well, we'll go there. We know we can play with a bit no fear because we're away from home. They're probably expected to win, and um, we just went for it the way that we had done last season. And I think it kind of surprised." It surprised Preston essentially. I think Preston probably expected us to play a little bit more defensive than we did, um, and I think they seemed to play like they were expecting us to have players like Honeyman in the team, mm. even though he's nowhere near the side. Because they seem to completely misread the midfield completely. I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I watched Preston and I felt like this, their style of play that they're trying to do doesn't suit the players that they've got. Like they were, they were, they played like a five at the back with wing backs. Um, they just kept hitting it long, and yeah, they, they were they having much joy when it came to Jones and Greaves just nodding it straight back. And it just let us keep possession. And I think that the most frustrating thing from a Preston perspective, especially reading some of their tweets and listening to the um Preston podcast earlier, that the, the, there's no identity in the team, there's no that you know, they went one nil up and then the. They, they sat back straight away and like yeah. it's the tenth minute in the, in the game and they were already their trying best, to set to one the lead. Their best chances came from our mistakes essentially. They didn't really create anything themselves that much apart from like the, the couple of shots at the start of the second half when they knew they had to get back into it. They didn't really create anything of their own. Like the, the, their goal came from us giving them too much space and like moving inwards and now players not tracking back. And then Greaves gave them, Greaves' head out of a massive area, gave them their best chance after that. But they didn't really create anything. I mean, everything, so seemed to be like a, everything just seems to be like a, a, an Andy Dawson-esque diag. It just wanted to be that mm. all the time, didn't it? Yeah. And the one time they didn't try that was that quick free kick. All right, yeah, people are out. Yeah, well, Scott, yeah. 
the, the, the one time they didn't try it, they went and scored, and you kind of thought, oh, I hope they do that again, because they've really found a weakness there with, with uh, Emmanuel getting caught, like, tucking in. Because that ball yeah, could come all day long. Yeah, they just had that. Yeah, I was really was, surprised it... that they went one and up. They went one and up, and they didn't try and score a second. They just thought that'll do. Well, we've we've got this in the bag, and yeah. then we had the ball for the rest of the game. Yeah, that that's that's the largest criticism that Preston fans have been saying. I mean, I think the Alan Brown quote a lot of us took um, wrong as well. I mean, I was talking to a Preston fan on Twitter because um, I laughed at him, saying basically like, you know, the, the comment where it said, you know, they've come up from League One, kind of that. Um, condescending style comment, but it, it, it was taken out of context. Like, yeah, apparently, it, was. it, wasn't, as big as it wasn't as big a jab as it really was. People made it, yeah, out. no, apparently, it's the against their owner, it's nothing to do with us. Um, Are apparently, President, <laughs> no, no, well, it, I thought it was quite funny that it sounded like they underestimated us. You know, they thought, oh, it's just a League One team, so we'll be fine. And then, um, we ended up turning them over. But it, it, when you look deeper, apparently, like, you know, they're in the kind of cycle that we were in, um, a few years ago where. They're not really recruiting. They're, they're selling the best players and then replacing them with freebies and loanies that nobody else wants. Ready? Right, so unfortunately, I haven't had to uh, leave. But um, we're going to move on to the previews for this week anyway. So we've got Wigan, obviously, tomorrow in the Carabao Cup, the highest echelons of cup competition, and QPR on Saturday. So, guys, what are your thoughts on... We'll go Wigan first, obviously. Wigan, I think I think we will go through. Um, it'll be mostly our second squad playing. Um, but I think we'll manage to get past them, possibly on penalties. But... Yeah, I just see us winning. There's not much else you can really expand on. It's not an important really match, really. I've had enough of penalties, penalties this year. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> penalties. Nathaniel? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see some of the new signings like Cannon, perhaps, and maybe Williams or Longman if they're uh, back from COVID. Um, yeah, but it's just another game to build up match fitness and from the way McCann talked about the game that uh rotation isn't like necessarily nailed on we might see elder and wilkes get a few more minutes um treat it almost like a friendly for them uh i, I think we might go through but yeah i think it might be on penalties <laughs> go on then matthew uh I think it's it's one of the major debates, isn't it? Do you keep the winning mentality or do you, do you go for a rotation? I think it's going to be the latter. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a, a David Wheater coming in and covering the centre-backs. So, <laughs> we're going to have to stick with um, Creed and Jones at the back. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I expect a rotated squad. Uh, when you rotate, you've got to try and keep your span and certain things staying together, I think. But, I, I really don't know what to think. I've got a funny feeling we go out tomorrow. Yeah, I won't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we went out, let's, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's just hulling it. It's what we do. We, we yeah. so convince it on Saturday and then get it's, hammered. This up. is our year. This is our year. Yeah. And it'd be good for us to just concentrate on staying in the league. Let's be realistic. That's number one in this year. 
Yeah, I'd rather focus on the league. Obviously, the cup's useful for letting players have some game time, and it's always nice to have that. But yeah, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the end of the world at all if we went out. To be honest, um, obviously you want to have it. It's always nice to have a cup run, but it wouldn't be disastrous if we didn't have it. Um, so, moving on to the Saturday and the more important game. Home game, finally, fans back in the KCON for a league game for the first time in what feels like 50 years um, for the return of QPR. I'll go to you this time, Matthew. It'd be good to see um, Jordan Device. I was a big fan of Jordan Device. Um, I really liked him. It, it, yeah, he had a couple of mistakes. I really liked him. So it'd be good to see him back. Hopefully, he doesn't have one of his good games against us. Um, as for the team, I can see he's going like, like for like, maybe unless someone at week, someone at uh, Tuesday was mm-hmm. an absolute blinder and end of place, then I can't see the team changing. Um, you yeah. might just find new places on the bench for players coming back from injuries. Maybe Wilkes sitting out. We, we don't know. It depends on what happens tomorrow. As for the result, I think we've had a great, we had a great result against Preston. Watching the way we play, it'd be easy to say another two or three goals. But I think that's opened the eyes up to the rest of the league and everyone's going to have a counter plan. And it might be a case of keeping us quiet and it could drain us. So I'm going to go for a 1-1. Fair play, Nathaniel? Uh, yeah, I mean, QPR is going to be a much tougher test than Preston because uh, they had great form at the end of last season and they've kept that squad of exciting loan players together. They didn't win their first game, so, you know, uh, they won't have as much confidence as, as we do. But... Um, yeah, I mean, again, like it's the championship. It could go either way. I'm confident that, yeah, we might get a few goals, but we might concede a few more to a, a team with, you know, good strikers in Dykes and Austin. So I might go for an exciting 2-2. Sure. I think for uh, for this game, I think they're going to play a similar system to Preston um, with a five at the back. You'll have um, Wallace and Odebajo as wing-backs. And then you'll have Device, Dickey and Babby in um, in defence. So I think if we play the same as we did against Preston, um, go with the same approach, I can see us winning the game. Um, hopefully a convincing game, but to be honest, I think we're going to scrape by with a 2-1 win. Um, I can't really see much of a of a threat um, if we can settle down from QPR. Um, it all depends on how quickly get, we get into the game. Because um, if we start slow like we did against Preston, QPR will punish us a lot more. Yeah, fair enough. Um, mm. um, I think it'll be a tricky game. Uh, I think QPR are going to be one of the sides so they're going to be up there at the end of the season. Um, maybe not challenging for automatics, but I think they're going to be in a playoff push, definitely. So they're going to be a, a decent test um, I, I, similar to Matt, I think it'll be me a draw is probably the result. I don't know, I'd be happy with a draw because I think QPR they're they're a much better side than Preston, put it that way. And I think even if if we play the same as we did, we're gonna ha- we're still gonna we're gonna struggle a bit more. I don't think we'll struggle overall. I think we'll still have a decent time if we play like that again. Um, I'd keep the same team as well. Wilkes maybe the only one that might be a change. Um, but yeah, uh, I think if you go out on like that, I think we can get something from them, but it's going to be a lot tougher than it was this past Saturday. 
Yeah, I agree. All right. Beautiful. But right, we all exactly. meet up and go for a baby before and do it. Absolutely. That's the most important thing. We're all actually going to get to see a football game in person mm. at the KC. Um, when was the last time you lot were at the KC? A couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, was it for last a, week? For a competitive game, Joel. Last week for the rugby. <laughs> Where's it? Where's I want competitive to be fair. Hold on, see, to, watch a, to watch but... a decent team, Joel. Yes, yeah, so Helen's To watch football. <laughs> to watch football. Um, in a competitive game, it was when we got battered by Leeds. Brilliant. <laughs> At least oh, that's was... not going to happen this year. Honestly, yeah, like unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't get to play them this year. Give a bit of revenge. <laughs> it was the last home well, game with fans. That was the last game I went to. Mm. Leeds as well then. Yeah. It was when Livermore scored against us for West Brom and we lost 1-0 to West Brom. But that was like some time last two two years ago. Oh, I can't even remember mine because mine's like maybe three or four years ago. <laughs> uh, um, I think it was Wolverhampton. That's how long ago it was. Um was it the Ridiculous um, scoring against us and then signing for us the following yeah, day? But yeah, it's going to be nice to see old faces and get back to the stadium after so long away. Thank Christ. Um, but I think that's probably everything today. So I know Ant's not here, but he'll say bye. But uh, the rest of you. See you later. We'll see you later. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. And thanks for watching us and um, see you soon. See you later, guys. See you Saturday. Great done. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.